And I'm Lyle Southwell here on Encounter with God along with Monica, Monica Ash. Monica Galash. Did you just say Monica Lash? Was, no, you were talking over the top of me. Yeah, right I was. Play that back, Shell. I thought, sure I, thought, I, thought I, I would <laughs> give a formal introduction. Oh, hi. People know who we are. Yeah, that's who we are. Mon and Lyle on The Breakfast Show right here. Give us another clue there, Mon. No one's got this one yet. Yeah, it's a I'm hard one. Surprised. No, it's nice, easy. It is. Who, nice, who easy. am I? Who am I? This is clue number four. A dodgy wife. I put Joseph in charge of all my household. Mm, there you go. Did so you just give a bonus clue? I, I may, may have done. Dude, yeah. that's the next clue and you just gave it away. What am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do now? Uh, it's not the ne- it. it is not the next clue. It is the next clue. No, it's not. Of course it is. What other clue are they going to give other than that one? You, you, you're, telling me, one. you're telling me that the next clue is what I just said. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not word for word, but it's about that See, person. it's not. It is. It is. It anyway, is. Give us anyway. a call. one 800 faith one 800 Tell us who that is and you can win the prize this morning. Yes. Lyle, it's time for our 20 million movement. It is. Before we do, let's remind you all of all of the things that are happening right now that are super exciting. There is the Faith and Science Conference happening down at Avondale College. Uh, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and we will see if we can get you in there. going to be an amazing experience. Uh, of course, there is... Um, the uh, Peter Watts' program, program yeah, does he's God, God for real. He's God for real. Yeah, that's uh, we First, just interviewed him. He's a speaker. Did. It's really cool. Um, so that kicks off on Friday this week, um, and that's in Gilliston Heights. On is it Cessnock Road? Yes, it's not in Cessnock. Not in Cessnock, just on Cessnock Road. Somebody asked me the other day, "Oh, that program you've got in Cessnock? No, not in Cessnock. On Cessnock Road in Gilliston Heights. Cessnock Road in Gilliston Heights is about half hour's drive from Cessnock." Yeah, that's right. It's so the, you're um, kind of in the same region, but if you go to Cessnock, you're going to be... Look, it's closer than Perth. <laughs> this is true. It's also clo- closer than... Uh, Sydney. Kathmandu. Is it closer than Timbuktu. <laughs> <laughs> it is at the Gilliston Heights Community Centre. If you just stick Gilliston Heights Community Centre into your GPS, it'll pop up on there. Uh, what time does that kick off on Friday? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock will be there or be square, I suppose. I don't know what the problem with being a square is. Uh, but it's at 7 p.m., not 7 a.m. Just don't get yourself confused. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you there. It's going to be great, great program. It will be. And entirely for free. And come and meet the uh, Breakfast Show crew. We'll be yes. there. And, yeah. and if you want to, uh, if you head on to the uh, Faith and Science program, you get to uh, meet Lawson down there. So Yes, Lawson's Breakfast the- Show team is just busy at the moment. We're all over the place. We are. We're hard to miss. Yes. Yeah. And we'd love to talk to you guys. We always enjoy talking to our listeners. Anyway. Uh, moving on with today's show, we have been talking about the Sabbath and we had a phone call that came through yesterday, a little bit too late in the show to actually put it to air, but Leon raised a really interesting point. Listener Leon? Yes, listener yep. Leon raised a very, very interesting point. Okay, so think about this, because we were talking about the change of the Sabbath mm-hmm. and whether or not Jesus had changed the day of worship. Yes. Because many people just assume that Jesus did because everybody worships on worships Sunday. on Sunday yeah, and yeah, Jewish yeah. people will worship on Saturday. Yeah. And so the assumption is that Jesus changed the day of worship. Okay, so let's 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 think about this scenario for a moment. Let's say that Jesus did actually do that. Right? Yeah. And, and then he's crucified and then he goes back to heaven and then Peter preaches his sermon. And 3000 Jewish people give their lives to Jesus Christ. Right? Mm-hmm. And instantly cut, start keeping Sunday. 
<laughs> Where is the record of those 3,000 people being uh, hauled into the courts to be stoned for breaking the Sabbath? First of all, there's no record of that. This, this, this would be all, the no greatest, Jesus changing it either. This would be the greatest sacrilege to the Jewish people and offence to the Jewish nation that you could even begin to imagine if Peter had done that, and it would not have taken place without there being a record of it. Look, even if Jesus had changed the Ten Commandments, you'd think there'd be a much bigger you know, news about it in the Bible than there is. Because here's the thing, and this is what Leon pointed out. Uh, in those days, there's no such thing as a two-day weekend. That didn't come until like the third century. Mm-hmm. And so if they had, if all of those Jewish people had suddenly gone to Sunday keeping, that means that while all of the Jews were in the synagogue on Saturday, they would have been working. That's right. Imagine how offensive that would have been. Yeah. You know, that would have just been, that would have melted their brains at that particular time and the Bible would be full of the account. And of course, there is silence on that issue. And that silence is a great evidence that Jesus did not change the day of worship. Definitely a good point. Thank you, Leon, for making that. If you want to weigh in on anything that we talk about on the Faith FM Breakfast Show, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. We love hearing about it, uh, 1-800-324-843. Even if you want to contend with us about something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's what it's all, that's what the uh, that's what the number is there for. Yeah, okay, so mm. today we continue the subject of the Sabbath, and our Bible study today is called a day of equality. Oh, there's something yeah. the world's interested in at the moment. It is. Yes. Okay, so how is the Sabbath a symbol of equality? I've never thought about that. Ah, okay. All right. Let's, we're we're going to read the Sabbath commandment again. Why don't you go to Exodus chapter 20, please, Mon, and uh, begin for us. Uh, read for us verses 8 through 11. Exodus 20. Did I have my Bible ready this time? Exodus 20. Although I have my... Verse 8 to 11. Actually, before we go there, before we go there, yes. who, are the most, uh, who are the most vulnerable members of our society? Is it orphans uh, and widows? Cast your, cast, your, cast your mind back to uh, to the to Bible times. Orphans and widows. Orphans and widows. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how would they survive? Uh, I mean, usually they would survive through family, but they're vulnerable because they don't have family. Because usually, if there's a male in the household, they all rely on him. Okay, so we're talking about people that are very vulnerable because they don't have a provider. That's right. All right. So, so basically, what would their children. options be? What would your options be if you were living in those days and you are a widow with no family? A widow with no family, man. What are you going to do to survive? What would I do to survive? What would I do? I'd, like, I'm, well, I'm a hustler, so I'd be like Lydia and start like selling purple cloth or something. Um, but yeah, you'd want to think about getting getting married or finding a fella. And if that doesn't happen, you're kind of destitute, aren't you? Uh-huh. Turn to the church. Does the church have a welfare program? Okay, so the church did have a welfare program. God's people did have a welfare program, but it didn't always work. Okay. In fact, most of the time it didn't. Were people taking advantage of it or corruption? Yeah, people just didn't do it. Okay, okay, gotcha. You know, human nature, selfishness, mm-hmm, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, the, yeah, there was a provision, but it was uh, not a position where people were always provided for. I don't so know what, what you, you would do? do. What would you do? Okay, so you got nothing. You can't. You can't go and make purple like Lydia did. Lydia did because you've got. Can to you go scavenge? Like you know how in the fields they say you should leave some some of it lying on the ground for people. Okay, to so you come become and, a scavenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can become a scavenger. Yeah, I become a scavenger. Uh, they were called. Um, what are they called? 
winnowers or something. Yeah, no, I don't no, not winnowers. Um, um, gleaners. That's right. It's another. It's a, it's a nice word for a scavenger. I personally would never do this, but I'm sure a lot of women would have turned to prostitution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, or beggars turned into beggars. Mm-hmm. Um, Sold themselves into slavery. I guess mm-hmm. that would have been an option back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really not a great outlook, yeah, is it? It's not a great outlook at no, all. Mm-hmm. No, your options are short yeah. and horrific. Um, and, and probably one of the last ones that you mentioned there was actually one of the best options you had was to sell yourself into slavery. Yeah, yeah. Because then you okay. have a, a, a master, a man who would then. You've got protection feed you and at least. food. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. That was the theory behind that. Yeah. Was that you would have those things. All right, so let's read the commandment. Let's see what the commandment says. Okay. Oh, let me raise the bar a bit. Yeah. All right, let's say that you're living in Israel and you are a widow, but you're not just a widow, you're also a foreigner. Oh, yeah, now you're really stuffed. Ooh. Now you're really stuffed. That's that's tough. Yeah, that's really tough. Okay, so you sell you sell, you sell yourself into slavery, and let's think about um, and we could look at the slavery system that they had in the Bible, and it wasn't actually what we call slavery. When you read the the laws that govern slavery, it was a low paid contract worker. Yeah, and so a more accurate translation is the word servant. But the King James Bible translated as slave, and the it's kind of stark, and so lots of people are like, oh, the Bible supports slavery. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but slavery did exist in those times, and where it did exist, it was often abused. And where it was abused, slaves just worked every day. You know, a 12-hour day would be a minimum, yeah. an absolute minimum for a slave, and 17 would not be uncommon. And uh, that would be day in, day out. There was no such thing as, you know, the, the, the work safety laws that we have today, no protection for workers, no days off, no public holidays, none of that kind of thing. See, so, so people who these days feel like, who are low-paid contract workers who feel like slaves, well, back in the Bible times, that's what they were actually called. Yeah, that's no. more or less how it was. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, Mon, now read for us the commandment. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Okay. So if you are the queen of Israel mm. on the seventh day, what do you do? You're going to have a rest. You have a day of rest. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, that's not so hard if you're the head of state because you can just say, hey, I'm having a day of rest. Yeah. Uh, if you are a businesswoman in ancient Israel on the seventh day, what do you do? You rest. You rest. Mm-hmm. What about if you are a foreign slave, according to that verse? If you have a Jewish master, you'd rest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you start to see now where the Sabbath is a provision for equality? Mm, yeah. It doesn't matter whether you are head of state or the beggar on the street. Mm-hmm. The Sabbath was provided for you as a day of rest. And, and you know, this was just absolutely unheard of outside the nation of Israel. There was no, there was no concept of having a day off once a week. And we take it for granted today, don't we? 
Absolutely. You know, we work all week, work, 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 but that's okay because at the end of the week we're going to have a break. Or you might be on a rotating shift or whatever it might be. Uh, you're going to have a break at some particular point. Um, but, you know, you've got this whole... Uh, you got this whole situation taking place here where, you know, there is just uh, a day that is provided, a time of rest for um, every single person. I wonder if, like, slaves and servants sought out to be employed and purchased by a Jewish master so they could have that day of rest. Can you imagine, like, in the marketplace, they've gone out to do their errands and they're, you know, gossiping with other servants when they run into each other and they're like, oh, my master gives me... A day off. off. Yeah, and they're like, what is that? <laughs> you know, I wonder if that ended up being a bit of a culture. Yeah, particularly if you were part of the uh, the diaspora. What's that? The, the where, where Jews were living, you know, in different parts of the oh, world. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be amazing because, you know... It would be a testament it would, yeah, in and it, of itself. And this, is, and this is one of the things that the Sabbath is all about. It is, mm. a, it is a testament to God's power, to God's love, to God's grace, to his creative power. Uh, and everywhere they'd be like, well, what, well, why, 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 why are you not working on on the seventh day? Well, because they keep the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? Mm-hmm. Well, the Sabbath is a memorial of creation. It's like one of the witnessing tools of being a Sabbath keeper. So, what do you do on the Sabbath? Well, we all go to the synagogue and we learn about God and we read our Bibles and we study. Mm-hmm. You know, this was this is this is what would be taking place, and this is how Israel would become a nation that would be a shining light in the world. I bet you they also had some ancient form of haystacks happening on the side. <laughs> <laughs> the good old Sevy stacks. If you don't know what a haystack is, you need to go to an Adventist church sometime. It's a, is, is that an Adventist invention? I think it is, yeah. It's, um, it's Mexican food. Well, kind of. It just seemed, for those of you who have been adapted all over the world. Is, it's, um, you know how, you know, do you know the veggie burger was an Adventist invention? It started off at, a, at an Adventist um, health retreat, made a veggie burger. There you go. Yeah, um, and now it's worldwide. But a haystack, for those who don't know, imagine nachos, but take out the meat, um, literally con carne, and substitute it with a bean um, sauce, like a beanie con carne, uh, but chili con beanie, and then also on top of just the the, the you know the the bean mix and the, and the chips. Add like a whole pile of vegetables. So like lettuce, tomato, cucumber, carrot. Guacamole, sour cream. Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, Sprinkle of salt. Some people like add cheese. Some people don't do you think. Yeah. Yeah. And then a whole plate of that. Yep. It's called a haystack. Goes down well. Uh, Anyway. So, uh, all right. Let's think about this then, Mon. When we were in Ethiopia, what was the primary means of transport? Tuk-tuks and donkeys. (laughs) Tuk-tuks and donkeys. Let's not worry about the tuk-tuks because they are a machine. Okay, yeah. Yeah, donkeys. How, how, th- how hard did those donkeys work? Oh, yeah. They, we, oh, they were heartbreaking sometimes. You see They them. were a bit. Yeah. They were very sad-looking donkeys. Yeah. Because they did work really, really hard, and the amount of care they got was pretty much Slim. the minimum amount to keep mm-hmm. them alive. Yeah. And, uh, they didn't look like being fed very well either. No, and lots of them would have, have open wounds, mm-hmm. and, you know, the it's, harnesses would be yeah. rubbing, and there's just, you know... Raw flesh under where the harvest harness is rubbing, all that kind of stuff. They mm-hmm. have, those those donkeys have a hard life. And how yeah. many days of the week do you think they're pulling those Every carts? Every single Every day. Every single day of the week of their lives, they are pulling a cart. Every single day. Does God care about donkeys? Absolutely, He does. How do you know? Well, because the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us He cares. Uh, he sees even when a sparrow falls. Do you think? Do you think God cares enough a- about animals to actually include them in the Ten Commandments? I want to say yes. 
All right, good. Read verse 11, I think it is again. Um, this is Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. For in six days the Lord made... No, nah, read the verse before that. Okay. Read verse 10. Uh, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, hey, uh-huh. and any foreigners living among you. Okay, so does God care about animals? Absolutely, He does. And does God? We talk about you know God, the, the Sabbath commandment being there for the most vulnerable parts of society. Mm-hmm. Is there anything more vulnerable than beasts of burden? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you know, because beasts of burden in an agrarian society, they they, they are really treated like 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 animals, like mm-hmm. just uh, they're, they're treated like a machine. You know, there's there's zero care that is applied to them. Um, and they just sort of they are kept alive for the sole purpose of you know pulling providing, a cart, for pulling pulling a cart. plow, you're doing that. Yep, for just working. And God, God cares for them. And God says, you know what? You need to give your animals a day of rest as well. And when you know, having spent time in Ethiopia, where the two primary means of transport are badgers and donkeys, uh, and seeing the way those donkeys are worked into the ground you sort of really get the impression that they would be getting a lot more money's worth out of their donkeys if they gave them a, uh, day, rest. a day of rest yeah, once a week. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, lo- I love how much this speaks of just God's tender care. For everything Sabbath is a created. fascinating yeah, commandment. Yeah. It tells a big story about who God is. Yeah. I mean, look at the, if you look at the, look at the length of the commandment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the longest one in there, isn't it? By far. Look how many words there are in the Sabbath commandment. Yeah, God has really focused some attention on this, hasn't he? And in doing so, he uh, is highlighting what he considers to be most important. I mean, you look at some of the, this is, how many verses long? It's like four verses long, right? Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. Four verses. It's four verses. Mm-hmm. And some of them, you know, verse 10 is a long verse by yeah. any standard. It is a long verse. Some of the commandments are only two words. Yeah. Don't kill. Yeah. You know, it's two words. Stretch the point. Move on. Uh, particularly in Hebrew, in in in, uh, in English, when it's translated, they usually add a few more. You know, thou shalt not kill. Mm-hmm, but in mm-hmm. Hebrew, it just simply says, don't, don't kill. kill. Just two words. Yep. That's it. When it comes to the Sabbath, God goes into great detail. He proclaims His name. He proclaims His title. He uh, He proclaims a throwback. He He proclaims Himself as the Creator. Mm-hmm. He proclaims Himself as the owner and ruler of the universe. He talks about uh, every level of society, including slaves and donkeys. And he equalizes them all. He gives them all equal rights here in the Sabbath commandment. That places it really um, as something special and very, very different from the other commandments. I know I've pointed this out before, but if you want to see what God considers to be most important in the world, God has drawn a target on the world to show you what it is. Yeah, our target has concentric rings, circles, right? Yeah. Okay, so on the world, uh, you have, you see, you start off with the world, that's your, that's your outside ring. That's the, that's the one pointer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then inside that, you have the Holy Land. And inside the Holy Land, you have the Holy City. And inside, that's Jerusalem. Inside the Holy City, you have the Holy Mountain. And on the Holy Mountain, you have the Holy Temple. See how the rings are getting smaller? Yeah. And on and in the holy temple you have the holy place. And then you have the most holy place. 
And the centerpiece of the most holy place is the holy ark of God. And the centerpiece of the holy ark of God is the holy law of God. See where we're heading with this? Yes. And the center of the holy law of God is the Sabbath. Amen. It's right there. It's the bullseye. The very center. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we need to uh, move on. This is Lady Love Smith and Reggie Smith and Nathan Young with Remember the Sabbath.
Welcome back, everybody. That was Lady Love Smith and Reggie Smith, along with Nathan Young. Remember the Sabbath here on Faith FM. Anyway, we have been talking about the subject of the Sabbath and how important it is to us. And one of the uh, things that goes through my mind when I talk about this is just, you know, the huge blessing that there is in the Sabbath, just how amazing it is to be able to worship God for an entire day, to have a day of rest, and how it is that as human beings we are such perverse creatures and how we will always try and work against God. So many people see the Sabbath as being a a burden, you know. It's... <sighs> We always feel thankful when the government gives us a public holiday once a year, but if God gives us one once a week, somehow it's like, oh no, you, you under works now. That's, that's, that's like works because, you know, God is giving you a day off. Where on earth does this come from? Why on earth? How, how could something that is such a blessing? Uh, be looked at as being something that is works-based. Mon, it just it just baffles my mind. It kind of reminds me of uh, this morning when I was talking about how complaining shrinks your brain. <laughs> we get a day, we get a day off each week. We complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is just it's, it's the greatest commentary on human nature. I think there is is people's reaction and relationship with the Sabbath. Yeah. You know, when God wants to give you something good, no, 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 we don't have anything to do with it. That's works, works. Oh, that's terrible. You know, can't can't possibly go there. Uh, but if the government, if a secular government wants you to give you uh, Australia Day, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah hey, cool we'll, we'll have, we'll have cool that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's only once a year, but that's awesome. That's, you know, we'll go fishing and we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do the other, and we'll have a barbecue, whatever it might be. Um, but once a week, oh, no, 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 that's just, that's just too much. We have to, um, we have to work on those days. It's just, Wouldn't it be great if the entire, on earth. even if just the entire of Australia, I'm, particularly Australia, Australia is the land of the long weekend. We should appreciate we the Sabbath more than any other it. nation. Can you imagine how much Australians would embrace it if they really understood the concept of the Sabbath? We don't have that work ethic that they have in uh, some countries yeah, where yeah, they're yeah. just like, work, 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 work. <laughs> we, we like to live. If only Aussies could This is a country it. that likes to live. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is more to life than uh, straight A pluses and higher distinctions in school and uh, working 17 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we are no different from any other generation. Mon, would you turn your Bible to the book of Nehemiah, please? So Nehemiah a was... book I don't um, think we've been to before on this show. He was the cupbearer. Nehemiah was the cupbearer of um Persian king I've forgotten which one he was the cupbearer of I'm just going to look up this one very quickly but uh this was a really really important job so basically uh it was one of the most trusted jobs in the entire empire uh, your job was to uh look after the king's cup keep it clean uh fill it with whatever beverage he wanted to drink and take a sip before he ever took a sip so you had to be a very 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 you know, a trusted person to be in that particular uh, position. And he was given the job of becoming governor of Judah for a period, but only for a period of time because the king liked him so much. He's like, no, 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 no. You're going to have to come back sooner or later. You can't be there forever. Um, I would never want to be a cupbearer. Yeah, you were basically a uh, canary. Yeah, exactly. But a very trusted canary. Which is silly because if you think about it, why would anyone try to poison any royalty if they knew that all the food was being taste tested anyway. Yeah, well, um, if, unless you it was a really if you understood, slow moving poison. Yeah, that's right. Yep, it's it's kind of how it goes, you know. And, and uh, yeah, anyway, he was in charge of the king's cup, and that cup was never allowed to be out of his sight ever. I think they've removed the book of Nehemiah from my Bible. Uh, you'll find it before where you are. 
You're after Psalms. You've got to go back before. Back, 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 back. Before? Yeah, it's before. Back before I can't find it. I'm like looking around Jeremiah and Nehemiah, but they rhyme. That's, yep. One starts with a J. Okay, now you've gone too far back. Too far. Oh, there it is. There it is. Ezra Nehemiah. Can you tell us been a long time since I've had to do anything to do with the book of Nehemiah? Okay, so let's think about the backstory that we have uh, taking place here. Israel. There must be a bit Judah. A good backstory because you think about why would a cupbearer end up having a book of the Bible? Oh, yeah. That's quite the question, isn't it? It is. He becomes governor of uh, Judah. Uh, Judah had gone into Babylonian captivity under Nebuchadnezzar because they had um, left God. They had apostatized from God. And God allowed them to go into that uh, captivity. But then they come out of captivity after 70 years, which is something that was really unparalleled in ancient history. And they rebuild their city of Jerusalem. How do you think they would think about uh, moving away from God after having gone through an experience like that? you think they'd be sticking quite close. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nehemiah chapter 15 and verse 15, please. Nehemiah 15, verse 15 said... Did you say Nehemiah 15? I said Nehemiah chapter... Because it ends at chapter 13. Oops. Okay, Nehemiah chapter 13 and verse 15. Okay, here we go, here we go. In those days I saw men of Judah treading out their wine presses on the Sabbath. They were also bringing in grain, loading it on donkeys, and bringing their wine, grapes, figs, and all sorts of produce to Jerusalem to sell on the Sabbath. So I rebuked them for selling their produce on that day. Okay. Notice how quickly these people have slipped back into the old habits of apostasy from God. They're like, the Sabbath, yeah, nah, forget the Sabbath. Why would we take the Sabbath? Why, why would we have a public holiday? Let's, yeah. let's just, you know, this is very un-Australian, isn't it? Let's, let's complain about this. And Complaining about the work. Sabbath is the most un-Australian thing I think that there is. Yeah. Okay, so they have, uh, they're doing all this, and what does he do? He testifies, the Bible says, against them. He rebukes them. Now, Nehemiah, he was a man of action, and he was quite the confrontationalist, mm-hmm. as we will see. Keep reading for us. Uh, verse 16 says, Some men from Tyre who lived in Jerusalem were bringing in fish and all kinds of merchandise. They were selling it on the Sabbath to the people of Judah and in Jerusalem at that. Okay, so notice here, the Bible says that the Sabbath is a day of rest. It's not a day of commerce. Not a day of going and buying and selling. It's not a day of you know even even if they are uh, Gentiles mm. you know, in our case people who who are not Christians. We don't go buying and selling stuff on the Sabbath day. It's a day of worship. And yet here they are. And yet here they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does he do in verse seventeen? Keep- so I confronted the nobles of Judah. Why are you profaning the Sabbath in this evil way? I asked. Keep going. Wasn't it just this sort of thing that your ancestors did that cursed our God to bring all this trouble upon us in our city? Now you are bringing even more wrath upon Israel by permitting the Sabbath to be desecrated in this way. Then I commanded that the gates of Jerusalem be shut as darkness fell every Friday evening, not to be opened until the Sabbath ended. I sent some of my own servants to guard the gates so that no merchandise could be brought in on the Sabbath day. The merchants and the tradesmen with a variety of wares camped outside Jerusalem once or twice. But I spoke sharply to them and said, What are you doing out here? Can't be around the wall. If you do this again, I will arrest you. And that was the last time they came on the Sabbath. Then I commanded the Levites to purify themselves and to guard the gates in order to preserve the holiness of the Sabbath. 
Okay, so he, he's he, not messing around. He is not messing yeah, around. He's is serious. He? he is. He is on the ball right here, and it's interesting how you know these guys are uh, pretty determined, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. You know, so he he uh, is like, you know what? You're not going to keep the Sabbath. I'll close the gates. So he does. Closes the gates. Like, yep, we're not going to have any trade on the Sabbath day. Not going to happen. You, you can't like, bring your stuff in here. So what do they do? They camp, camp. outside the gates. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we'll sell stuff over the wall. And he's like, you're going to camp? Fine, I'll arrest you. <laughs> you take one step, I'll take one step. We'll see where this ends. <laughs> you got to love it, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. the best. It's just uh, this, this guy was, um, he wanted to see reform, Reformation take place. You can really see how he ended up with a book in the Bible. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, this, tenacity like that. This would have gone down as legend. Mm-hmm. Um, in his, Imagine if we tried to do something like that today. <laughs> All the snowflakes would melt. <laughs> oh, I know somebody who once tried to do this. Oh, really? And all the snowflakes melted. Oh, no. Seriously. Oh, a bit, a bit of Guys fallout. Guys so got sacked. It was amazing. Um, amazingly bad. But anyway, um, you know, this is just somebody who wants to uplift God's honor. Mm. And he's doing this for God's honor. And we find that story in the Bible. This is uh, Alan Layton with the uh, Bring Us the Sabbath Song. He saved us He's coming back To take us home He made us He saved us He's coming back To take us home Jesus you are welcome In this place Father, you are welcome in this space. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with grace. In this palace of time and Palace of time and space. 
How's it going, everyone? This is Mon and Lyle from The Breakfast Show. Hey, Lyle. Mm? I've got a question for you. Yeah. Is God for real? That's a really good question. In fact, it is such a good question that ex-atheist, devout atheist Peter Watts, is doing an entire series of presentations on that very subject, answering some of life's deepest questions. Are you serious? Can I go to this? You certainly can. It starts this Friday night, the 19th of July at 7pm, and runs every Friday, Saturday, and Tuesday night. Do I have to pay? Where can I get a ticket? It's for free. Simply call 0488. 588955 While I will see you there Is forgiveness or the lack of forgiveness eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long term hurt unresolved conflict, you know it can be dealt with If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Mercy 
Jesus His is the throne Now and forever He is the King of Heaven Sing to Jesus We are His own Fernando Ortega with Sing to Jesus, The Shadow of Your Wings here on Faith FM. Lyle, it's time for the last clue for the quiz. The one that you gave away earlier. But it's okay. Yeah, everyone's forgotten that. I didn't give it away anyway. Because I'm not going to complain about it. Read it. I want to hear if it's the same clue. Okay, who am I? I placed Joseph in prison after my wife lied to me saying that he had assaulted her. Mm. This is not what I said. Someone's got a nasty wife what I said. who had it in for J- Joseph. So give us a call if you know who's who was married to that woman. She doesn't actually have a name. She always just she goes d- by. I mean, she hasn't. She had a name. We always just know her as what's her face's wife. Um, so give us a call and tell you, us who what's his face is. You nearly said what's her face's name. I'm I was just going like, to stop talking about. Oh, it, so I'm getting really that's nervous. Just- I break a sweat when I get close. <laughs> Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. You can <laughs> win the prize so this morning. Fun. 1-800-324-843 is the number. Give us a call. Tell us who that is. Win the prize. Lyle, it is time for our Q of the D. It is indeed. Bring it on. What have you got for um, us? Yes, yeah, so we did have a caller. Um, we had a bunch of questions come through. Today's first one, because we're going to be doing a few of them. First one is, does the devil actually exist? 
Is the devil real? It's an interesting question. Christian Delphins, of course, say that the devil does not exist. It doesn't really explain much. They say that every time the devil is mentioned in the Bible or Satan is mentioned in the Bible, um, it is a reference to uh, a human being who is, or a group of human beings who are um, doing bad things to tempt or accuse people. Right. Okay. Which has an element of truth to it. Mm-hmm. And often, often a falsehood does have an element of truth to it. Uh, because Satan does work through other human beings a lot of the time. Yes, that's true. We're and his agents. We're, we're his agents. And so, for instance, if you go to Revelation chapter 12, you've got the great red dragon. The Bible says that that great red dragon is the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. But then you notice that it is the great red dragon that is wearing seven, um, has seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads, which is a, you know, a symbol of earthly nations and earthly kingdoms and earthly sovereignty, and that it is that same. Uh, you know, we also find that a, a beast is a symbol of a nation, um, and this one tries to destroy Jesus at his birth. So the question is, who just, who tried to kill Jesus at his birth? That's a very good question. Herod did. Yeah, Herod. But it was Satan working through Herod. Right. And that's the important thing: is not that Satan does not exist; it's that Satan. Most often works through other human beings, but not always. Okay, so one of the oldest books in the Bible, um, often thought of as uh, another one of the books of Moses, possibly, is the book of Job, which tells the story, and we can simply read what the Bible says. It's always important just to read what the Bible says and to accept what the Bible says. Uh, verse Job chapter 1 and verse 6, the Bible says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came amongst them. And, Satan, and the Lord said to Satan, Where did you come from? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Who is it that has turned up in front of God right here? That's the devil. And whereabouts are they not? Earth. They're not on earth because that's where Satan has come from. And in uh, pointing Satan out um, or highlighting Satan and his presence there, God actually asks, where did you come from? And so he is introducing to uh, the sons of God who are gathered there at this particular time, you know, the, uh, the representatives of the universe that he is from earth. That's what the Bible says. Um, and it continues on. It talks about the conversation that they have right here. Uh, another interesting passage that um, that I've often asked is found in Revelation chapter nineteen through twenty one verse one. So Revelation nineteen eleven through twenty one verse one, there is a passage that uh, that goes right the way through here, and it begins with Jesus coming. Um, you find it here in verse twelve. The Bible says, verse 11, I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. That's Jesus. He's coming back to this earth. The Bible says, um, a few verses on in uh, verse 17, 18, and 19, and then in chapter 20, verse 1 through 3, after having returned to this earth, destroyed the wicked and taken the righteous to be with him in heaven, according to uh, John chapter 14, the Bible says, that he binds Satan and throws him into the bottomless pit, chains him up for a thousand years. That's what the Bible says. Thank you so much. If you have a question, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. We love fueling all your questions.
there's freedom in that land Nothing but peace in that land So come go with me to that land where I'm bound They'll be singing in that land Voices ringing in that land We'll all be together Tim Moore with Come Go With Me here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of the show. We're about to give something away, so get ready to call 1-800-324-843 is the number I can see. Those phones are already busily ringing out there. Yes, might have a hard time getting through today, but give it a crack anyway. First person through is going to get themselves a copy of The Great Controversy. Controversy? Yes, that one. <laughs> the Great Controversy. Uh, the Great Controversy uh, by E.G. White. Or The Controversy. Yeah, oh yeah, depending how fancy you are. Um, if you want to be posh about it. Uh, but yeah, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. This book is great. We've been talking you know, about the Sabbath uh, at length today. Uh, and this book, and also about the existence of the devil, and this book's going to smash out both of those. Um, it also gives you uh, an, an incredible glimpse into the future about just how important Sabbath becomes. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm talking like life or death kind yes. of thing. So, yeah, give us a call. Uh, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Get a free copy of The Great Controversy. A life-changing book, a classic that's been around for many years. Uh, translated into many languages, and uh, so many people. I have the, you know, I, it, it, it's a book that definitely had a huge impact on my life. It's a huge impact when I was searching for God. It, yes. uh, it, it transformed my life because it really helped me to understand exactly what was going on. The big picture behind the scenes. If you are wondering what we were reading about in the Book of Job, there a few minutes ago, then this book will uh, really get into those behind the scenes scenes. And uh, and open it right up. 
if you'd like to study the Bible, uh, you can also give us a call here and learn more about the Bible. Um, the Bible is a huge book and it can be confusing to read, uh, it can be confusing to study, a sort of imagery and symbolism that's used in the Bible, but um, we do have many different sets of study guides uh, that can suit your needs, suit your tastes, and, uh, and help you to study the Bible. So give us a call here. We'd love to set you up with those. Uh, they're all free. Our number again, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Uh, you can even do the one that Lyle wrote. Lyle wrote a Bible study series called The Prophetic Code, and that's available here. But you have a wonderful day in the meantime. Like me, so I could see more like you. The world as it should be, the way that you created it to be. Where beauty is beyond what we. And hatred is a burden we don't know And mercy, mercy, it's sweet like the summer rain Forgiveness is a fortress that takes away our pain And joy is ever flowing through Like a love we've never
me home. 